0: The five key muscles that you need to strengthen in order to run to prevent injuries and improve your performance are going to be, in no particular order, your glute max, your gluteus medius muscle, the muscle on the side of your hip, your deep external rotator muscles, your quad muscles, the front of your thigh, and your calf muscles. So let's get into why that is. So here's the question. How do runners like us remain active, get stronger, and heal from injuries without being told to stop running and create a healthy life for ourselves so we can continue to hit PRs well into our 40s and 50s? This is the question, and this podcast is the answer. My name is Dr. Dwayne Scotty, physical therapist, running coach, and creator of Spark Physical Therapy, where we help active adults be able to run without aches and pains so you can feel good about yourself again. Welcome to the Healthy Runner Podcast. Have you been frustrated in the past that whenever you've taken up running or you've started a new training cycle, you just get injured and need to stop? Or have you heard that it's important for you as a runner to strength train, but you're not sure why, and if it's really that important for you to incorporate it into your training. So in today's training, we're gonna be talking about how to strengthen your muscles in order to train to run. So why are we strength training as part of this program? And how do we progress it? And knowing or how should we know when we need to back off? So that is the goals of today's training. That's what I wanna cover. Um, We're gonna be talking about really the first principle of my five tips for healthy running or the SPARK blueprint. So those of you who are familiar with the blueprint, the first principle and the second episode of the Healthy Runner podcast was all dedicated to this topic of strength training in order to run. So this is really important because this is the foundation, and that's why I wanted to cover this early in the training, because this is the foundation of those principles in order to run stronger and healthier. So we're going to get into kind of a little bit deep dive into the first principle of strength training in order to run. So let's get into it. So why should you be training and doing specific strengthening exercises or strength training if you are a runner, there's really two main reasons. The first reason is prevent injuries. So injury prevention. So trust me, I always love a good challenge as a physical therapist who specializes in working with runners and getting runners out of injuries. I always like a good challenge and love getting runners back on the pavement, doing what they love when they have a running related injury. However, for the past couple of years, I've really shifted and pivoted my business in instead of just fixing runners and getting them back because I still love to do that. But my real goal now is to, let's see if we can prevent runners from getting injured in the first place. So that's the key. And when I see all of you, Down the line, I want you to be able to tell me that, hey, you trained for your next half marathon and you didn't have that stubborn hamstring pain that you had every other time you trained for a half marathon or you didn't have that plantar fasciitis that limited you from running more than 10 miles every time you trained for a half marathon. So that's my goal. That's kind of my passion. And that's really what the literature states as well as not only... The literature out there, but my personal experience, um, as you guys know, I'm an adult onset runner and I've been running for 10 years now, and I've pretty much had every single running related injury that most of you have had. So whether it's hamstring pain, plantar fasciitis, patellofemoral pain, kneecap pain, IT band symptoms, um, had some shin splints some posterior tib, tendon issues, and even had a little bit of Achilles issue. So I've had them all, And I have looked at the literature. I've looked at what exercises are best for runners to treat these areas as well as prevent these things from occurring. So that's really where I'm coming from today is combining my personal experience as a runner, my personal experience as a physical therapist, and my academic research, clinical experience, looking at the evidence-based literature out there that looks at running related injuries. So that's really kind of my goal is to talk about why we should be strengthening our muscles in order to prevent injuries. So that's really the first reason why we should be strength training in order to run. The second reason is improve performance. Second reason is probably what you care about. Most of you probably don't care about injury prevention, unfortunately. And that's why, as physical therapist, as, you know, in my business, yes, I care about injury prevention, but I have a feeling if I can't convince you to do strengthening exercise for injury prevention or prevent injuries, because honestly, who is really motivated to prevent something that they haven't felt before, right? You only get motivated when you actually can't run because of your hamstring pain and plantar fasciitis. So most of you kind of ears probably perked up if you haven't been able to run because of those injuries before, but if you've been healthy and you really haven't had any injuries, it's going to be hard for me to sell you on doing strength exercises to prevent injuries, right? Because you don't have the need. There's not the want, but maybe I can convince you for reason number two, which is to improve your performance as a runner. So the best, the best form of exercise to improve your performance as a runner. And let's be honest, who doesn't want to run faster Who doesn't want to shave time off of their PR? Who doesn't want to run longer, right? Achieve a new distance, run your first 13.1, run your first marathon, run your first ultra, right? So these are all goals that we set for ourselves. And we're pretty darn motivated to get those things, aren't we? Right? So perhaps I can convince you that strength training and doing strength work is the most important form of exercise you can do to improve your performance. It is not stretching, all right? It is not going to be stretching that is going to improve performance. And the research supports that, all right? So those are really the reasons why um, you should be incorporating strength training. And for you as a runner, the stronger your muscles are, then that is only going to improve your in strength as well as your endurance. And we really wanna have strength and endurance for running as opposed to really true power. So our muscles function in different ways. And unless anyone here is doing short distance sprinting, which I have a feeling that's probably not really anyone in this uh, program here, right, we're not training To run the 100. We're not training to run the 200. We're not even training to run the 400, right? We are training for distances, whether it's 5K, 10K, half marathon, full marathon, those are our distances. So we want to have endurance in our muscles. And that's going to be the rationale for a lot of the exercises within our healthy runner strength program. All right. So there are running in of itself will provide you specific adaptations to your body, to your muscles, there's going to be cardiovascular benefit to your body, right? So your heart, your respiratory system is going to get stronger with running. Your muscles will get a little bit of strengthening effect and endurance effect from running. They'll get a little bit stronger. They'll get a little firmer. um, They'll get toned up in your legs. And those are going to be the initial benefits when you, you know, for those of you who are novice runners that you're going to feel. However, if you run and don't do strengthening exercises, then you're eventually going to level off in terms of your conditioning because you're not adding the specific stimulus to the muscles in order to get stronger and develop that strength for endurance that you need as a runner in order to prevent injuries and improve your performance. So this is the rationale as to why you should add strength training into your exercise program as a runner and why it is an essential part of our Team Healthy Runner Half Marathon training program. All right. So adding strength training will allow you to increase your mileage and not be fearful that you're going to suffer that running related injury again. So guys, I want to talk about the five key muscles that you should be strength training as a runner. So these are really five muscles that are essential parts of the healthy runner strength program. And these aren't, these aren't really your gym muscles, so to speak. Some of them you might be familiar with that you work in the gym, Um, but these aren't necessarily your quote unquote beach muscles. All right. So for those who are familiar with kind of total body workouts, the, Healthy Runner Strength Program is designed to be a total body workout, which is important for running because we need to work some of your postural muscles, some of your back muscles, your core muscles. So it gives you that total body package. But the five key muscles that you need to strengthen in order to run to prevent injuries and improve your performance are going to be, in no particular order, your glute max, your gluteus medius muscle, the muscle on the side of your hip your deep external rotator muscles, your quad muscles, the front of your thigh, and your calf muscles. So let's get into why that is. Why are those muscles key? And why are there specific exercises that target those muscles within the program? So the glute max, everyone knows where the glute max is. Who doesn't like the backside, right? Hips don't lie, we know it. And the glute max though is your most powerful muscle. It's your biggest muscle. It provides you a lot of strength, power, and it is an important hip stabilizer. So these are especially important for those of you who have had a history of hamstring pain, hamstring tendinopathy, kind of pain in the top of the hamstring area that hurts when you sit and you're overusing your hamstrings, you're hamstring dominant, and you're not using your glutes. The glutes are the powerhouse. They are the most powerful hip extensor you have and should be used. So you need to make sure that you are training that glute muscle and not putting excessive stress on the hamstring tendon. So we need to re-educate those glutes. And during the healthy runner strength program, you should be feeling your glutes working on specific exercises like the explosive lunge, like the reverse lunge into a single leg hold, right? You should be feeling the glutes working. And if you're not, you may be compensating with your hamstrings, with other muscles, and you might need to regress a little bit and do a glute activation series. So if you're not feeling those exercises in your glutes, then let me know in the comment box below and just type in glute activation series, I will share with you the kind of four exercises that I give my patients when I see them for these conditions and I need to kind of wake up their glutes, like get them firing. It's kind of a neuromuscular reeducation series to really send the signals from the brains to the glutes to be able to contract and activate. And that is important to do when you are strength training is to feel it in those muscles, because if you're not feeling it in your muscles, then you're not doing it properly. So that is the big thing that you need to consider whenever you do any exercise. It should never be going through the motions. It should always be, wow, I feel that right in my glutes. I feel my glutes, they're starting to burn. They're starting to be used. That burning, those are the nervous system changes we feel with exercise and the stimulus that we feel and is a good thing while we exercise, all right? So that is important to send those signals to the muscles In order to use those muscles properly, because sometimes I find that people go through exercise and they're going through the motions, you're kind of like not paying attention. Maybe you're watching TV, maybe you're reading a book, I don't know, you're scrolling on your phone as you're trying to do exercise that doesn't work. You need to actually like actually pay attention and make sure you're feeling those muscles contracting when you're using them. So other Exercises within the program that use the glutes are like the deadlift in phase one, kind of the RDL um, exercise. We'll use the glutes and hamstrings. Your triple threat will definitely use your hamstrings as well as your glutes. Um, So, those are the big ones that I mentioned that are in the program and are using that all important running muscle, the glutes, first and foremost, because the hips don't lie. All right, let's get to the second muscle, the gluteus medius muscle. So that's the muscle, the big muscle, fan-shaped muscle on the side of your hip. Most important running stabilizer muscle you have, most important muscle to strengthen if you've had a history of knee pain, whether or not that was runner's knee, patellofemoral pain syndrome, or IT band syndrome. So that's pain on the outside part of your knee. The research is overwhelming. The biggest risk factor for getting both of those conditions is weakness of the side hip muscle. And sometimes it's not even weakness when you strength test it, but it's not, you're not kicking it in when you run. And that is the muscle that keeps our pelvis level. When we run, we're standing on one leg. The specific strengthening of this muscle is some of the band work. So in phase one of our program, when we do the sidestepping, we want to make sure we're staying nice and upright and we're pushing out into the band, using those side hip muscles, feeling the burn. In phase two, we progress that with our tap, march and reach and also our step down and we kick out to the side. So those are really focusing on that outside hip muscle. So again, those exercises might look easy when you're like, oh, I'm going to do this little band exercise. How's that going to help me for running? The reason is because we're targeting the muscle that actually functions when you run and we're targeting it as a stabilizer as well as working it eccentrically. And the other exercise that we do in phase one is that hip drop exercise. Super important because that's what your pelvis does when you run. That muscle functions to control that couple of degrees of hip drop that you have when your foot hits the ground. So again, we're training that muscle in the fashion that it needs to contract when you run remember those exercises are going to be a lot more functional than your seated hip inner and outer thigh machine. I think most of you are familiar with that. The hip machine where you sit down and push out, it's not going to be as effective for running because number one, the position of your hip is in a flexed position. When you run, your hip is not in a flexed position. It's actually straight. It's more neutral. So that's why the hip drop, The side stepping with the band, as well as the stepping down with the band, your hip is in neutral when you kick your leg out to the side, just like it is when you run. So again, kind of specificity of training. We want to train those muscles like they're being used for running. All right. So that is really the second exercise. If for some reason you are not feeling the side hip muscle working with those specific exercises, then... What you need to do is regress the exercise. And then there's a muscle activation exercise that I like to call the humbler that you can lie on your side, slide your heel up the wall. All right, so that is a regression that again, I would typically start with my rehab patients or those that I evaluate in my clinic and I'm doing run coaching with and I identify that muscle being weak on someone. If I take them through an individualized evaluation, then that's going to be the exercise I start with. Just again, wake that muscle up, kicking in, make sure that it's being used effectively. Let me take a quick pause from this amazing episode to share a really cool product that can help you stay safe while running. Knox Gear signature product, the Tracer 360, keeps me safe and lit up from all directions during my 5.30 a.m. running. But now, the days are getting longer and lighter here in the U.S. And I wanted to take a moment to share with you their amazing little Bluetooth speaker, Called the 39G because it weighs only 39 grams and is perfect for listening to podcasts like you are now or music during your run, also while keeping you in tune to your surroundings. I actually was fortunate enough to meet one of the creators of Noxgear, Simon Curran, and Jamie Miles from Noxgear as they shared Noxgear's story and how they created their signature product using engineering principles. Pretty cool stuff and an interesting story to say the least. So I invite you to check out episode 43 on the Healthy Runner podcast to hear from the creator himself. Knox Gear is all about runner safety and I am pumped to have them as a supporter of our Healthy Runner community because in case you haven't realized, we are all about runner health and safety here. Running doesn't need to be painful, and it doesn't need to be risky and dangerous. Running should be that outlet providing us the mental clarity we all need to be the best human we can be to those around us, whether it's our family, our coworkers, or those in our communities. Just use the code HEALTHYRUNNER during checkout when placing your order at KnoxGear.com to receive 35% off your purchase. Go ahead and give KnoxGear a try. Trust me, you will never feel safer. Now, let's get back into our episode. All right, so let's get to the third muscle. Third muscle is going to be our deep hip rotator muscles, our piriformis muscle. Again, this is a common muscle that is not included in your traditional strength training or your traditional boot camp style hip workouts. This muscle is super important at controlling the position of your knee and the position of your foot. So, this is the anti pronation muscle. So those that have flat feet, those that have been told they overpronate, those that have been told they need a stability shoe when they go to the running shoe store, right? This is the muscle that is going to work and prevent that overpronation during your running. So this is very important. And this is in our taps and circles as an exercise or that standing clamshell exercise. And will also be used in phase two during our tap, march and uh, reach exercise. So this is really important, as I mentioned, at preventing kind of kneecap pain, preventing shin splints, preventing posterior tib pain on the inside part of your ankle. Those are really the rationale why they're included in the program is really to prevent those things and to make you more efficient as a runner. So your mechanics are better. Your tracking is better where your knee is over your foot. Fourth exercise quadriceps. Everyone knows the quads, four muscles, front of your thigh, um, quads. I don't need to educate you much on that, but I will educate you on the importance of having strong quads from an injury prevention standpoint. First and foremost for kneecap pain, all of the literature, um, is pretty consistent with kneecap pain, runner's knee, or patellofemoral pain syndrome. That quad strengthening is important in improving the tracking of your kneecap. The other reason why you should do quad isolation exercises such as our plank terminal knee extension exercise in our healthy runner strength program, or the eccentric quad exercise that we do in a kneeling position, we call those like kneeling rock backs in phase two, is another burner, as well as your step downs, your step downs, your single leg squats, all of those are isolating or trying to focus on quad strengthening. The reason why those are in there is for that injury prevention standpoint, as well as strengthening your quads for performance, especially especially if you're running hills, especially if you're running downhill. So most of you who are running hills, every uphill there's eventually gonna be a downhill, right? How your body becomes more efficient with downhill running is improving your turnover time. So, using your hamstrings to kick your legs, but also having strong quads to control the deceleration of your body weight coming down, gravity pushing your body weight downhill. Your quads have to be strong to prevent that. So, those that have heard about Boston Marathon, why is it so hard? Because of the hills, because your quads get fatigued early on in that race with all the downhill. And then they're like, toast by the end of the race. So it's especially important to strengthen the quads in order to train them to tolerate more load, to tolerate more eccentric activity. Again, eccentric activity is like downhill running. The quads have to function to control your body weight as you're running downhill. So how do we do that with our strength training? We slowly lower for two seconds. So when we're doing our step down, we're lowering for two, up for one. And you could be explosive on the way up. Same thing in our plank terminal knee extension. We're bending our knee for two seconds, kind of controlling it, lowering it. You're using your muscle to lower down and then you can explode up and come up nice and fast. So that is key um, to your quad strengthening and reasons why you should be strengthening your quad muscles. Last muscle here, fifth, final muscle, guys, hanging in there is going to be your calf muscle calf muscle made up of two muscles, your gastroc muscle, as well as the soleus, which is underneath that bigger gastroc muscle. And the reason we need to strengthen this muscle is to prevent Achilles pain, prevent Achilles tendinopathy, prevent plantar fasciitis. And it is very, very important to have endurance in this muscle group, hence why in our Healthy Runner Strength Program, phase one, we do endurance calf raises. Trying to get 25 calf raises, so it is important to ha- to be able to do 25 calf raises in your or in that muscle group. All right, because that muscle is constantly being used from an endurance standpoint to actually control your tibia, so your lower leg bone, from when it comes forward, you strike the ground, your foot hits the ground, you bend your knee, and your tibia advances over your ankle joint. What controls the speed at which your tibia comes forward? It's your calf muscle, specifically the soleus, the deeper one. So that's why we strengthen the calf muscle with our knee straight as well as with our knee bent in the program, because we need to strengthen both muscles, the gastroc as well as the soleus. And in phase two, we progress this exercise and we do alternating calf raises where one foot is on a bench, your knee is bent, therefore you're working your soleus muscle. The other foot is on the floor, your knee is straight and we're working the gastroc muscle. So that is a great way to work both muscles to strengthen in order to run. So hopefully that makes sense to you and why we add calf uh, strengthening into the program. So let's recap the five muscles real quick. We got the glute max, so that's important for if you've had a history of back pain, if you've had a history of hamstring pain and you want to prevent those as well as improve your performance as a runner to get you more power, more speed, especially for uphill running. I didn't mention that before. Next, we have the hip abductors or the gluteus medius muscle. This one is important to keep your pelvis level and prevent either outside of the hip pain. I didn't mention that one before either or IT band pain, right? So the outside part of your knee Pain. Very important for that gluteus medius muscle. External rotators. So we talked about the importance of that, especially if you're an over-pronator. You have those flat arches, right? So your arch doesn't collapse. The anti-pronation muscle at your hip is your external rotator muscle. And then we talked about the quads and the calf muscle, which was probably a little bit easier to understand. So remember, this is all in the context of strength training in order to run and training in order to run which is really that first principle of the SPARK blueprint. So how do we know when to progress our exercises? So when we start any strength training program, you guys might have felt some muscle soreness. It might've been perceived as pain. And the key to know if this is good pain or bad pain is to say, when did this pain start? did the pain start while I was exercising or shortly thereafter, where it could be related to pathological pain, overuse pain, true condition, one of the ones I've already mentioned in this training, or did it start 24 hours after I was done with my strength training and peaked between 24 to 48 hours after? If I worked out Monday morning at 7 a.m., then I noticed Tuesday morning, I woke up, I was pretty tight. I was painful. Maybe my calves hurt. Maybe my quads hurt when I went to go downstairs from my bedroom. And I was like, oh, my quads. ooh ooh that is the lead onset muscle soreness or what we call DOMS. That is actually a good thing. Um, it means that you actually worked your muscles in a different way. That's how our body responds. And that's how our muscles grow. That's how they get stronger. As long as you allow for rest recovery and you fuel those muscles. So you're eating, making sure you're getting your protein uh, intake in there to allow that muscle to rebuild and then it gets stronger. So that's kind of the whole goal. So if you're not feeling any of that soreness anymore and the exercises are starting to feel easier where you're not feeling burning in the muscles when you do them, make sure number one, your technique is good. So you're, you're in tuned, like I mentioned before, you're really trying to squeeze that muscle during the exercise. So you you're, you're, have your mind in the exercise. And if it's still feeling easier, then we have to add load. So you have to add resistance. So you have to add weight, whether it's a plate, a kettlebell, a dumbbell, or we need to increase the speed, or we need to decrease the speed of the lowering phase. Those eccentrics I talked about. Instead of a two-second lower, maybe you do a five-second lower. Trust me, if you do that, you're going to really feel those muscles burning because we're going to challenge those muscles in a new and different way, all right? So those are ways that we can progress our exercises if they're feeling too easy. How do we know when to back off? So perhaps we have more soreness that lasts longer than that 24 to 48 hour period I mentioned, then that would be an indication you did too much too soon. Or maybe you're just feeling junky on your runs where your legs are feeling heavy, they're feeling tired, they're feeling fatigued. And maybe you're doing three days of strength training. Maybe we need to back down to two days, especially most novices that are just starting out. I recommend starting with two days. So that's kind of two days. And let's say if the reverse is true, if you've been doing two days and you're like, I feel like I need a little bit more challenge, then that's where we add in that third day per week. And then you also want to consider if you're just starting out or you're in high training season and you're in the end of your training cycle and you're in race mode and you're really peaking in your running. And those of you who are a little bit higher level that are doing interval work, you're doing tempos and interval work, you're getting hard, hard run effort training sessions in, then you probably shouldn't be doing three days of heavy intense strength training. So that's where you wanna maybe back off a little bit because again, your goal is you're a runner. You are not a power lifter. You're not an Olympic lifter, right? That's not your main goal. Your main goal is to be able to run and do it in a healthy way so you don't get injured and to improve your performance. So that's how we kind of know how to back off some of that strength training. All right, so really that is the genesis for why we are doing strength training as part of our running. So now what I wanna do is I wanna open this up to your questions on the strength training portion of our program. So let me get to some questions that I have had so far is Tina says, do you have any quick exercises while on the run? you feel like the glute doesn't activate? So while you're running? Yeah. So Tina, what I would recommend, if you feel like that's the case, then I would make sure you actually do a couple of single leg bridges or, you know, that bridge exercise where we do our plank core four where we go plank, side plank, and then bridge with march. I find that that bridge with marching is a great glute activation exercise. I will definitely do that before like my races to really just make sure glutes are fired up or do a kind of standard donkey kick. So we have that in my little warm up to kind of warm up the hips where you're on your hands and knees and you're doing donkey kick or hip circles. So you can kick straight back behind you, squeeze the glute at the top hold two seconds, make sure you feel your glute firing. Do four or five reps to that and then do circles. And every time you do the circle, make sure you squeeze the glute at the top and then go circles in the other way, making sure that you're squeezing the glute at the top. So those are my two favorite glute activation exercises before running and that I would definitely do on cold weather running days, as well as before races to make sure that they are turned up. So I guess that's really the key is to make sure they're turned on first, do your dynamic warm up. So I would go through like the five minute healthy runner warm up, and then they should be ready to go. So especially when you get to the end of the five minute warmup, there's that exercise where you're, you're holding, you're angled and you're holding onto the wall, you're holding onto your car, you're holding onto a tree and you're doing like the um, explosive where your hip is flexing you're coming forward and you should be squeezing the glute and your calf muscle in your back leg. So you're making sure that those are kicked in and firing on all cylinders um, before you actually start running. Besides that, like in the middle of a run, I haven't felt that too much. One thing that you could probably do is doing some hip drops because the hip drops We'll get definitely the side glute muscle, but the side glute medius muscle and the glute max, they all connect their fascia connects. So the fascial connections, and I feel like I could squeeze the glute when I do the hip drops as well. So that's something that if you want to quickly in the middle of a run, you're like, Hey, my glutes don't feel like they're really turning on too much, or I want to get them fired up. Maybe you're starting to feel a little bit more in your hamstring. Then that's what I would do in like the middle of a run is do that hip drop. So hopefully that answered your question and was helpful. Uh, Melanie gives a shout out to the Glute Activation Series. She says that was, help, uh, that was helpful for her. Latoya loves the fire in the triple threat exercise. Uh, Whitney, I'll definitely get you the humbler. Um, yes, Tina, I will get you the humbler as well. And Whitney says, my calves need more help. Um, yeah, be patient with the calves, guys. It does take, just like anything, consistency. And you will see if you do the endurance one and the phase one and really just try to do as many reps as possible within a couple of weeks, honestly, most of the runners I work with go from doing like 12 repetitions max to being able to get 25 in probably about three to four weeks. So that's kind of the expectation. It's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen the next day, but just give it some time. Your body will respond and your endurance will improve. All right. So Latoya says, if one is short on time and have 45 minutes, is it better to do two sets of everything or omit certain exercises? Great, great question. I love this. Yes. Guys, time is of the essence. I understand the need. The struggle is real. Like I am there with you. Like there are days where I am literally like, all I have is 45 minutes to get this in. So you have a couple of options here. There's a couple of recommendations that I recommend for the runners that I do one-on-one coaching with is number one, I would prioritize. So think about what is most important to you as a runner. For most of you, the majority of you, I would say to prioritize and take out or can the arm exercises because the arm exercises in our healthy runner strength program are simply there for pretty much vanity. Um, So the arm exercises being the bicep curls and the tricep curls. So they are there literally to like make your arms look good. They will literally not help you perform better as a runner. And there is no injury prevention rationale that I can give you. So you can always take out biceps and tricep curls without feeling guilty that it's gonna impact your running. So those you can certainly take out. Again, I keep them in there because I like to give you a total body workout. And that's what this program is. It's comprehensive where I've literally hit every muscle group you need to do as well as your shoulder stabilizers. So if I had to kind of, um, prioritize the next exercise would be like shoulder strength and like the presses or the rotations, the diagonal rotations, or the scaption exercise. Again, those really won't translate into running too much. The back exercises will. So all of the back stabilizers, those help your posture and help you be more efficient when you're running. The core exercises will. The core exercise will help you be more efficient for running. So if you've prioritized taking out arm exercises, perhaps taking out shoulder exercises, and maybe some of you, Might be doing your own core work, whether or not you do a group fitness class, you do a yoga class, you do a Pilates class. And if that stuff includes core work, then feel free to take out the core exercises in our strength program because you're already getting it in another way. So this is how I've condensed the program for some who are short on time. It's like, I only have 45 minutes. I only have a half hour. What do I need to do? So if you've prioritized and taken out those elements, then what I usually say is start out with just three of the circuits. Or Coach LaToya has a great idea. You could do two sets, but I would probably lean more honestly to doing three of the supersets versus the four supersets that are in the program. Just because the three sets of 10 will be helpful for you to build up hypertrophy in muscles. Again, if you're just starting out and you're a beginner's your first time doing any type of strength work, two sets of 10, great place to start. However, if you've been doing strength work before and you're fairly conditioned, then I would probably lean more to the three sets of 10 and just do one circuit less. And then next time you hit that workout, you hit that A workout, Make sure you do the last one. So, maybe do, you know, this week you did one, two, and three supersets. Next time, start with two, three, and four supersets. So, kind of cycle around like that. But first, prioritize to what your needs are. So, I'm glad that you brought up that um, concern there. Where is the five minute warm up posted? So, Melanie, I can definitely give you that five minute warm up, but it is within our Healthy Runner Strength Program right in the warm up section. Or on all of the spreadsheets, your PDF right at the top, it says warm up. And then you're gonna see three different videos, I believe, for warm up. One is gonna be like the workout warm up where we do circles, arm circles, leg circles, ankle circles. And then there's like the um, dynamic five minute dynamic warm up. It says it right there. You can click that link. And that is the one that's my go to, go to if I need to do a short warm up. And I know like it literally takes five minutes. I timed it. It takes five minutes. So that's the one that I will do most often. And then the other workout warm up that's in there is like my joints feel stiff. My shoulders feel stiff. That's a little bit more like upper body based or you don't want to get as intense and you're just waking up at 5 a.m. and your body is really stiff and you're like, okay, I just need to do some easy movements before I get into really some muscle activation. So guys, we're coming down here to the end here. Let me know if you have um, any other questions, drop it for me. All right. Hopefully this was helpful for you guys. Like I said, we're going to be doing these deep dive sessions as we go along the training every couple of weeks, except next week. Remember, reach out to any of your coaches if you have any questions at all, or drop your questions within our community. Um, We love to hear your questions and they will be most helpful for everyone to see in the future. All right, guys, you guys are killing it. Stay strong, stay active, stay healthy, and we're gonna keep running and we're gonna keep training. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Healthy Runner Podcast. Can I please ask you for a couple of favors? Can you subscribe to The Sucker wherever you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever so you never miss another episode? You'll be notified when a new episode drops every Thursday. Can you also please leave me a rating and review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts? What I want you to do is to tell them how awesome you are as a runner and then tell them what you have liked most about the show. I love to hear what you have to say. I read all of them and it means a lot to me. If you haven't seen the video version of this podcast, then head over to youtube.com forward slash Spark Your Training. And you can see the video version as well as our full video library of exercises that are specific to your running on the Spark Your Training YouTube channel. Also, if you like the content in this podcast, then you will like the community even better. Head over to our Healthy Runner free Facebook group so you can get all the bonus content, blog articles, and get your questions answered by myself and our team of Healthy Runner coaches. The fifth and final thing I want you to do is that you can help this podcast out by taking a screenshot wherever you're listening, whatever episode, and put it in your stories on Instagram and tag me, that is at Training. If you do this, I'll give you a shout-out and repost it, sharing your running wins while listening to the podcast. More importantly, we'll be able to share this information with a lot more runners because that is the goal, guys. We want to get this information in front of as many runners as possible to help them stay healthy so they can stay on the road doing what they love. So take a screenshot, share it on Instagram stories, and tag me in it. You can also find out how I help runners as well as our brand new healthy runner strength program by visiting our website, sparkyourtraining.com. Thank you so much for listening. And I just love our healthy runner family. And remember guys, let's stay active, stay healthy, and just keep running until next time.